So hello and welcome to the Tyreek Wardrum Motorsports Show. I am your host, The Big Ticket. Uh, well, actually, I'm the, I'm your host, Tyreek Wardrum, a.k.a. The Big Ticket, here to talk to you about a variety of things. This podcast covers multiple genres of motorsport, um, you know, mainly Formula One, uh, WRC. Sometimes we're going to maybe some Rallycross, IndyCar, NASCAR stuff sometimes. It's mainly just the things that I've tuned in over the last race weekend. Um so in this episode, we're actually going to be talking about, you know, some quick bites of news, quick bites, you know, the World Superbike, uh, BMW's future, uh, as well as some of the W Series news. Going to be talking about, of course, Formula One, a little bit about the Acropolis rally that occurred in Greece. Uh, that's about it. That's all I really tuned into this weekend. It's been a busy last few month, month and a half for me. Uh, a lot of changes going on in my life. So definitely couldn't make as many videos as i wanted to couldn't really put down the content that i wanted to but i would like to say that things are becoming a little bit more stable as time goes by and um i'm here back with another episode if you enjoy this podcast be sure to rate it five stars on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you tune in i'm available on all platforms and there is a video version of this podcast available on youtube uh at tyreek waldron motorsports show head on over to my youtube channel be sure to subscribe and uh check out all the other content that i have on there you know past previous episodes as well as discussion videos and some gameplay stuff but you know moving on um if you want some more motorsport related content aside from video and podcast you can head on over to the link in the description that will take you to all my other social media platforms where i make some short clips short little discussions all that kind of stuff it's something that just isn't as strenuous or as extensive as podcast episode um like i said previously this episode will be about you know some quick bites of news formula one the greek rally uh and also something that I do want to touch on, which I made notes for for a previous episode, but I haven't done was the IMSA. Uh, they have a driver's scholarship program. I think that's what it's called. I will actually have to flip back in my notes and discuss it. I'm an old fashioned dude. Uh, I am young, but I am old fashioned. I take notes. No, I don't type it up. No, I don't do that. I write it and cultivate and all that kind of stuff. That's who I am. Uh, if you are new to this podcast, just a little tidbit for you but starting off we're going to start off with the quick bites uh as always that's usually what i tend to start off with if you haven't seen there are some videos out i mean i saw it on twitter i did retweet it um there are the nascar next gen racing cars they're doing some testing i forgot what uh I forgot what track they were on, but if you know, be sure to leave that in the comment section. Uh, they were doing some testing, doing a whole lot of overwork as well, uh, making sure that these cars are ready for the next you know, season, ready for that switch over uh, to the gen, to the next generation of racing in NASCAR. Um, another thing, uh, if I step away from NASCAR, we're going to supercars too. In my opinion, they're, they're, they're sort of related. They're sort of related. You know, NASCAR is American. Supercars is Australian. <laughs> that, I think, is the main uh, difference between the two. But I think that they cover sort of the same thing. Overpowered V8s or overpowered supercars, pretty much. Um, Raw-powered cars, anyway. Um, the Gold Coast 500 has been canceled for another year. Has been canceled for 2021. They have... Now, the, the, the Supercars administration has pledged that they're going to bring this back for 2022. It's just that they don't want to take the financial risk 
of putting up, you know, the Gold Coast 500 this year, especially with all the ever changing things going on with COVID. Uh, we know, you know, the new variants and all that kind of stuff that can be very impactful financially if they decide to close down their entire cities and entire areas for this race and then end up having to be restricted or all that kind of stuff. Yes, there is a big financial dilemma behind it. So completely understand the decision sucks that the Gold Coast 500 will not be here for another year. But hopefully it does make a substantial and great return. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure fans would love to see it and fans would love to be there uh, for 2022. Now, BMW has joined the World Superbike uh, race, basically. World Superbike Championship. They did that, what, back in 2019. Uh, unfortunately, that was made through... That was made before any developments were made, actually, in their current... In their bike that they had at the time. I believe that was the the uh s1000 double r yeah i think it yeah the s1000 double r was their uh, original bike but that wasn't able to keep up obviously the decision that came down to join world superbike was done before the development teams were ever able to develop any type of real competitive race bike now over the last few years they've switched up from the s uh, from the s1000 double r to the m1000 double r which is as of right now it has been holding up is it where it's supposed to be at? No, it is not. The reason I say this is because they're still out of the competitive realm for, you know, the top fight. I think right now they're fighting for 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not 100% sure on that. But I know that they're not fighting for top spot. They're not fighting for top three at this point. I don't believe. They're fighting for, you know, uh, top to middle of the pack, uh, which is pretty good after, you know, just, just, a, just a, a new entry uh, with a new bike. But, of course... With a new bike comes, you know, they don't. you don't expect them to be in the front. You don't expect them to be battling for first. You know what I'm saying? You expect them to be developing. You expect them to be testing. You expect them to be fine-tuning. And from there, you know, maybe a year, two years, you know, two seasons, they'll actually now be competitive and now be able to actually hold up their own. That is something that I expect to see in the next few years. So I'm glad that they have stuck with World Superbike. Usually when there are companies and they're not doing well in a motorsport, in a championship, they normally pull out after three, four years. But I'm glad to know that BMW was in the World Superbike Championship for a long, long time. And they want to really dedicate an entire team and, and an entire force to making sure that they do attain championships later on in the next few years and the upcoming future. Uh, so glad to see that BMW is actually going to be sticking around for World Superbike. It's it's I'm getting I'm getting the jobs back, you know, I'm getting the vibes, I'm getting the energy back and I feel good uh, being up here and actually talking. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, another thing that I wanted to touch on was a W series. Now, originally, I, to be honest, I had no recollection of what the W series was, uh, but I did end up following on Twitter was females in motorsport. I do recommend that you follow them if you want to get all the top notch. If you want to know anything about female racing, honestly, or you know they they do live updates on other races as well. But they really do get you um, woke, I guess. Get you woke to the fact that there are some very great and there are some very um, talented female drivers out there. Now the W series is a series fully dedicated to that females racing um open wheel one seater doing phenomenal work i have to say the one thing that i've noticed in this racing is that it's 
unconventional overtaking is has been a, a big factor i've checked back on the dutch gp and i've checked back on a few races i think two or three races before that there are plenty of spots of unconventional racing that occurs not only does not i'm sorry not unconventional racing but unconventional overtakes and it makes it even more exciting where whereas you would expect someone to make an overtaking in you know this turn or whatever they actually made it two turns beforehand in a spot that you wouldn't think that they could get through it's a nice mix-up it's a nice shake-up and it's a lot of action i think it's what 40 minutes or 30 minutes of of sprint racing and they're actually going at it going for it and um really just 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 everyone's pretty talented i have to say all all of them are talented and all of them are doing great um and of course there's one that i would like to highlight which is nerea mart mm, i hope i don't mess her name up nerea martin i think or marty i'm not 100 percent sure what her name is but she is fourth in the championship she was basically a rookie uh, in my opinion, I think she's basically a rookie when it comes down to it. Uh, she is fresh out of the Drivers Academy, um, but she is holding up very, very, very well. I believe she's fourth in the championship. I will actually talk about the championship standings as well because we have uh, ooh, Alice Powell and Jamie Chadwick are tied for 109 points. Um, and then there's Emma Kimmelanen who has 75. She's in third. And then, of course, uh, Nerea Marti, who has 53 points. And then there's another one. I think her last name is Worldwind, a whirlwind, something of, something of that nature. But she has 40 points. Um, and it's actually pretty. I, I like it. I am. I like it. I'm actually looking forward to their next round is Coda uh, Circuits of Circuit of the Americas, which is in Texas this year. Well, that's always in Texas. Um, that's going to be in Texas, USA, whatever. <laughs> I don't know how else you want me to say it. But there I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, I think they race uh, the last race for them is Mexico. So I'm looking forward to those and I'm looking forward to to the competitive drive that these women do have. Um, it's very exciting racing. I believe everyone should check it out. Um, it's ecstatic work. It's great work. And I think they're doing a great job. Great, fantastic job. Um, I would love to see that. I would love to see that series get bigger. I would love to see it grow. I would love to see them, you know, get the financial backing of the level of Formula One and all that kind of stuff. I would love for that to occur. And um, I think it will over time. I think it will. Moving forward, moving forward. Um, I did say I was going to talk about the Greek apocalypse. Jesus. Acropolis, my bad, y'all, my bad, Acropolis rally, um, but before I get to that, I actually want to flip, like I said, I have to flip back in my notes a little bit, uh, to the IMSA ooh, Diverse Driver Scholarship Program, now, this is actually an article um, that I'm not 100% sure I have up, uh, I don't have it up, but the overview of it basically is that the IMSA is trying to give, you know, opportunities to people who normally wouldn't get them. Uh, they have a scholarship fund of, I believe, 250000 to more money than that uh, available for one candidate every year is the idea that they have behind it. Uh, one candidate a year who will allow them to get the, the full season IMSA uh, entry as well as some other perks as well they're going to have a recaro seat they're going to get two i believe two fuel tanks um for the race they're going to get fresh pair of tires every race or something of that nature uh from that will be given for free from i well not for free but that will be given uh from imsa now 
it's great it's great it's great one person has the opportunity each year i do have some notes down for i just don't have the article up i would have read it but i don't feel like researching all that right now i don't even remember it completely but diversity and inclusion as we know uh i'm big on that because i from that background diversity i'm I'm from that uh so great to see that you know imsa is making a move to try and get more diversity and more people more opportunities given uh to different people and people of different backgrounds and all that kind of stuff but the one thing i do have to say is i do have a few questions about this program because of the fact that they said it has to be uh official works like you have to have some type of background in racing you have to have some type of official um official results you have to have that type of background whereas and you have to be highly interested in becoming a part of the imsa obviously if you're going through this trouble and if you want to get the scholarship you probably have a ecstatic high level to be in imsa or to be in racing in general that's one two I do need to know, like, is there a list of qualifying programs for it? Is there a list like SCCA would would if you had results from the SCCA races that you've partaken in, would that would that allow you to be in there? Uh, would that allow you to basically, you know, be a candidate? Um, certain questions like that. What specific programs? What programs are not allowed? What programs are? Yes, they could say official, but. You know, there are there could be many programs that you think are official, which may not necessarily be what they're expecting. Um, Another question that I have is business plan in in the article that I read uh, in the in the information that they were trying to give. It says that that driver also has to come up with a business plan yes I'm, I'm, I'm remembering this correctly he has the driver has to come up with a business plan as well so my thoughts go like so basically i'm a driver i know how to drive i drive well i can put pedal to the metal make it competitive whatever my question is would they be giving help on the business plan end or because when i read the article it said that it just specifically kind of falls on the driver to come up with their business plan and make sure that they have you know some type of income or whereas sponsorships and all that kind of stuff in the racing granted most of the time when teams do you know formulate and end up joining imsa or racing in the imsa or racing in any of their programs the pilot uh the pilot challenge something of that nature the actual imsa racing uh i don't know what they're called but they have three separate categories you know it's the imsa like the the actual sports car championship then it's the pilot challenge program and then it's one more program i'm not 100 percent sure please let me know in the comments uh or let me know on any of my socials if i'm if if what it is actually just let me know what it is because i'm not 100 percent sure but you have to come up with a business plan in order to maintain your income. You have to come up with a business plan in order to uh, actually stay a part of IMSA. Because when you join, yes, you race. And I mean, you're good for, I guess, a year, but you also want continual racing. You also, so what if they had no like business plan experience or that kind of stuff? Do you assist in that? Uh, Cause people can be good at driving but they may not be good at other stuff. 
So it's just it's just things of that nature that I think of that I that I think about when I read some of these articles. And it it, it, it can be puzzling sometimes. It can be puzzling. Now, another thing is, would IMSA help them attain sponsors? Most of the time, I, I think the IMSA would help, you know, get some at least some meetings or something up. I feel like that is something that seems correct. You know, something that seems right, something that seems like it's supposed to happen. You know, if you're going to give me the entry and all that kind of stuff once again you still need some type of meeting or some type of sponsorship backing in order to keep continuing year after year now they do say that for the second year that uh the imsa will give i think another 100 or 130,000 something of that nature um to the candidate of the previous year so that they could uh, continue on in whatever they're trying to do within IMSA. So, yes, I think that they, they do still fund um, for the second year if you're able to stay in there. But helping with business plan is one. And then, of course, sponsorships. Those are two big factors that weren't really that weren't really um discussed within the article and that wasn't really discussed altogether because i believe they expected to fall onto the driver's head and all in all i could understand why i could understand why because it's up to you to really maintain your 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 money maintain what you have and maintain the 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 various needs that you will need in order to continue racing i understand that but you need to help yes this is their foot in the door but does that but just because you give them the scholarship program money whatever does that automatically mean sponsors are going to be interested i don't think so no i don't think so yes there are a lot of companies that want to back you know diversity that want to do those kind of things but i don't think that a lot of companies are going to jump at it right off the bat because that's a lot of that's that's money that you may have to invest and all that kind of stuff in someone who doesn't necessarily have a full-fledged racing background someone who you know like i said what what actual programs what actual things do qualify you to be at that level to be at the imsa level so just stuff like that that really goes through my mind but like i said it's good that imsa is making moves in this direction um but they may have to work out a little they may have to work a little bit more uh on actually assisting with like business plans making you know that accessible as well as making sponsorships accessible um yes companies reach out or people can reach out to companies don't get me wrong but you need an officiate you need you need an officiant in there and imsa could be that for those uh scholarship candidates and scholarship winners um that they end up taking on and actually giving out funds to so that's my little two cents on that (laughs) uh now as i flip back (laughs) uh the greece acropolis rally um the last time there was a rally event held there was 2018 last time wrc has been there was 2013 2013 um four days of rally on you know the iconic stages as well as some new little bits and pieces uh i think it was 15 stages over the course of almost 300 kilometers uh convert that to miles for me i'm not 100 percent sure what that would be um <laughs> let me know what that well let me know what that is in in, in miles uh but the classic stage known as tarzan is back 
uh at one for i don't know if there's older people who watch this or listen but known as forna it's now tarzan named after the officer whose nickname was tarzan um but i would say that this is definitely this was definitely challenging for some drivers and co-drivers simply because of the fact that they haven't been there before you know on some of these stages on some of these events you know they've actually been there they know you know the stages are relatively the same just that conditions might be a little different might be snowing might be raining all that kind of stuff might be mud rather than gravel that kind of stuff but a lot of them or a good little piece of them haven't really been in the acropolis i keep saying that Uh, the Acropolis rally. A lot of them have not been there for that rally and really understand, you know, uh, all the things that they go, all, all the things that they need to really pay attention to. So yes, that was relatively challenging for some people. And another thing is, you know, being that it hasn't really been touched or hasn't really been driven like that in, you know, a few years after the first pass and stuff like that, there's a lot of unearthed, <laughs> things that can pop up you know huge more even bigger rocks or whatever that can be challenging on tires and the cars if you know the driver's not really focusing um i did miss some of i did miss some of the highlights i I wish i tuned in for some of those highlights um but all i really paid attention to was the results um and i think i only watched the power stage it's it's not I feel as though I didn't do my research on this as much as I needed to. I was way too focused on Formula One um, and way too focused on reading Twitter comments. Jesus, the toxicity. Um, But all I have to say, you know, and, and... there's, there's a lot of history with Greece as well. A lot of history. You know, Colin McRae has five wins from 96 to 02. You know, two with Subaru and uh, three with Ford Focus with his Ford Focus. Um, and Ford is at the top of the uh, manufacturer's wins. I think they got either 13 or 14. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's one of those numbers. Um, but the results are as follows. Yaris WRC takes spots one and three. Uh, they actually won by, what, 42 seconds over over i think uh Artanak. i'm pretty sure they got him by 42 seconds or so and um sebastian oj grabs third elfin evans i believe he finished off in fifth um if not fifth then it was eighth see this is what i mean i wish i was i wish i paid attention to it a little bit more but i was so focused on the italian gp it i i lost i, lo- I lost my track i lost my track but Seb OJ gets third. Um, Artanak pulls away with second. And I don't know this driver's name because it is difficult to pronounce for me personally. Um, but Yaris WRC, they grab first. And I think overall in the point standings, I'm not 100% sure where everything is at. Uh, but that is a discussion that I would love to have at the next rally uh, event. And I think from there, I would actually focus deeply on rally. I will focus deeply on rally and make sure that i give you guys the the real deal you know the real deal understanding of 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 it and make sure that i really discuss it and talk about it um it's really all i have to say for wrc i'm not even sure about what the next event is i have not been paying attention to it this year i just haven't which sucks because that was the original thing that i wanted to pay attention to Uh, but moving on to the Italian GP Monza, we had the sprint, we had qualifying, we had the sprint race, and we had the actual race, and then we had the post race nonsense. But 
as we start we already know how uh qualifying went botas was first um and qualifying and the sprint race i believe hamilton was i'm not sure where hamilton fell on that line um ricardo i believe was in there as well top four top five whatever you know what i'm trying to say they were they were up at the top which is great you know i'm glad to see uh danny rick really stepping his game up um one thing i do want to talk about well i'll get, I'll get to that i'll get to that it, it, it's okay it's okay but my man pierre out wing damage in the sprint qualifying race that's that it sucked to see it, it was, it was hard. i'm a big pierre gasly fan I'm a big Pierre Gasly fan. I believe he's one of the most underrated drivers on the grid simply because the man has been able to show relative consistency and he's usually not talked about, um, at least in the stuff that I've seen and all the things that I've researched. Even, you know, even other fans have noticed it, that he's an underrated racer. He's an underrated driver. A lot of people don't understand that he is one of the greats right now. In my opinion, he's been utmost consistent. Uh, I think, at, well, before Monza, AlphaTauri was the only team to have consistently gotten points uh, this season. But, of course, uh, Pierre, as well as Sonoda, were DNF for this race. But I could dive into the race a little bit, do a little slight little recap. Ricardo, you know, right at the start of the race, he grabs the lead and gets the whole shot. Hamilton versus Verstappen turn four. Lewis Hamilton ends up going wide and making sure to hit that runoff. They do come close. They do touch. But of course, Lewis, the, as the passive driver that he is up until, backs down and allows Verstappen to go. And then at that point, uh, Norris passed him as well. And Lewis rejoined and was behind Norris and yada, 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 yada. <laughs> now Antonio Giovinazzi, he actually gets spun out. Something that sucks because uh what's what's that what's the run on me with Antonio Giovinazzi is that whenever his seat is in jeopardy, he pulls off some amazing results in order to make sure that he don't get talked to, that he don't lose his place, that kind of stuff. And I mean, hey, the kid is remarkable when he has to be. Uh but he, he spun out. He was out of the race uh, from that point on. Um, he, I believe he ran wide, but then he got back onto track in an unsafe manner. Uh, cut in front of, well, I, believe, I believe it was Carlos Sainz, and from there got spun around. Um, but moving on. Norris had some impressive work. I do want to highlight that. He had some very impressive work holding off uh, Hamilton for as long as he did or holding them off for how he did. You know, really good defending and... Um, really pushing late breaking all that kind of stuff great work by lando norris and holding off you know a uh, seven-time world champion um but then we go into lewis and max before i begin on that people 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 it's not it's i i, I don't really know how to say it. i don't really know how to say it just yet just yet but first things i want to start off with is thank goodness for the halo thank goodness for that um we've seen it countless times uh you know be beneficial and we've seen it honestly save lives um not only with roman in them in the 
but also of course Lewis today or not today but Lewis um at Monza and then we've seen it you know save Leclerc uh not too long ago like a few years about a year or so back we've seen that so thank you to the inventor the halo we appreciate you you are appreciated by the fans trust me you are um everyone has their opinions everyone has their values everyone you know says what they want to say everyone has their means and everyone thinks that they're right um but here's what i want to say max has always been this way this is not new this is not something that just happens this is not something that has increased because of the rivalry no max has always been the type to fight for positions whether or not he feels as though he could get them he'll still keep fighting that's usually what he does most of the time other drivers back down because of the fact that they want to complete the race they don't want to crash out in this instance neither driver wanted to back down now we saw a turn four uh lewis backed away he took the runoff and um lost the position um but in this sense right here in this in in this specific sense lewis coming out from the pits max coming up fast in my personal opinion in my own views would i consider this a racing incident keep the fans happy yes i would have if i was fia i would have i would have considered this a racing incident uh keep it so that hey they're both out of the race um they both (laughs) cannot continue they both crashed out uh both of them if i'm being honest with you could be seen as at fault so racing incident i don't think i would have penalized max verstappen um i don't think i would have done that But I understand it. I understand it. Okay, here's my breakdown. Lewis did try to squeeze Max. I will full on admit that Lewis did try to squeeze Max. But what driver doesn't? Okay, yes, you leave a space, but you leave it narrow so that the driver still has to back down, especially going into that chicane. But we also see a lot of people like to say that, oh, Lewis didn't leave enough space uh, going into... um, going to the second section of the chicane when in reality no no he it, it didn't look like that but that was done so that max would back down like normal drivers would or take the run off on the left side but max continued to turn into that corner he continued to turn into lewis he continued to do so any driver who had you know some type of respect and or sportsmanship like who understand back out or maybe take that runoff you're not going to be penalized for taking the runoff or anything of that nature but you'd be right there it's still in the fight still be being able to actually overtake later on in the race you never know you know max is great we know max is great we know he has talent and he just won at zanvoort you know the whole his home race a whole a whole festival vibe 
was 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 erupting in Zanvoort in the Dutch. You know what I'm saying? It, it, he came off an impressive work, some impressive work. It would have been better to get points than to not get any. <laughs> but there's always something. There's always something. Um, now there's always people who like to say who like to play the blame game. Me, obviously, I don't, I don't really care. Whatever happened, happened. Hey, they're both out. I see it as even. But as we look into it, you know, the Twitter is just just erupts with nonsense after these types of races, especially after these two have clashed, you know, uh, countless times this year. Um, a lot of a lot of people have given their views and, and uh, they have gone to the extreme on some of these on some of their viewpoints and some of the perspectives. They have gone to these extremes, you know, have some people trying to just highlight you know, some work and all that kind of stuff. And people just go ham on them and people just, I mean, they say some disrespectful stuff, say some nasty stuff. I don't understand why the formula one fan base is so is, is the way it is. Obviously there are some more mature people who can have respectful conversations, who can have their opinions, who don't need to offend another person in order to, in order to express themselves. Anyway, I digress. I digress. We always knew that these guys were going to clash again. Did we know how bad? Did we know the severity? No. No, we did not. Obviously, like with Silverstone, we knew this was bound to happen. Um, one thing I'd say, though, is that they've, they both are going to be putting it down on the line. They, they're, they're, neither of them are backing down from this point forward. So, I do see another crash happening again this season, at least before the end of the season. Maybe it might be on the last race. Who knows? But this is definitely looking like a very tight championship. And if they continue down this path of how they are in the points, it's going to come down to the last race or to the last two races. It's going to come down to a clutch win that one of these drivers are going to need. And with that, neither of them are going to want to back down from anything. And I think that that is going to end up putting them both in a predicament of safety. In a, in a, in a safety predicament. I think that that is going to put them into a much bigger crash. I think both of them are going to be involved in something that at one point may not. That, that's going to leave one of them beat up and battered at least. Uh, that's what I believe if they continue down this path. And I know the competitive edge. I know, you know, you know, everyone has brought up the Ayrton, the Ayrton Senna uh, quote of if you see a gap and you don't go for it, they're no longer a racing driver. Yes, we understand that. But you also have to think about safety. You also have to think about the future within this race. It's not just about that gap. Yes, you can go after the gap. But if you see that that gap is closed, you back out or you take another route and you come back around. There's there's other ways that you could do it. Now, going into that crash, yes, I do believe that both of these, both of them have their own faults in this. Okay. Of course, there's Lewis. Yes, he did squeeze Max to that. He did squeeze Max. I'll admit that all day, every day. He did squeeze him. But once again, that is something that drivers do. That is something that we've seen countless times being used as a method to keep that opponent back, to make sure that they back down. But we also see that those people, when they normally back down, if they're especially if they're going faster 
they usually usually i mean it's hamilton on fresh tires and what max was on i'm not sure what was it 14 lap old tires or something like that i'm not sure but we see hamilton on fresh tires not up to temperature and then we see max coming down with great pace i think if max had just backed off in that one spot of the chicane he would have gotten him by what turn four that's what i believe i think he would have gotten him in, in in very quickly i don't think that would have been the same i think max yes it would have been a great battle to see they would have been battling for third or i mean they might have caught lando whatever it might it would have been a different race if max had backed out that's all i have to say it would have been a different race if max had backed out it would have been way more competitive later on down the line they might have crashed later on down the line who knows but i think it would have been a much different race let me know what you think in the comments because i know i know a lot of people have their views i know a lot of people feel the way that they feel keep it respectful i do want to say keep it respectful i don't believe max should have gotten that penalty at all that's my personal opinion i don't believe max should have gotten that penalty that's a little ridiculous they were both out it's a racing incident they were both pretty much at fault in that i don't believe max should have gotten that penalty that's one three three grid places yes i'm i mean he can make that up but i don't think he should have had i don't think he should have to um but also we cannot deny the fact that max needs to needs to relax just a little bit i know he wants to win i know he wants to finally get that championship everyone wants to see you get it everyone understands that you deserve a championship at this point in time we all know that but do it in a do it in a manner that you don't start going from a hero to a villain do it in a manner where you don't you know I, I don't know how else to describe do it in a manner where you're not putting yourself in jeopardy of dnf you know what i'm saying do it in a manner to where you can actually continue the fight throughout the race and have a second chance at coming back do it in that type of manner do it where you know you actually pretty much deserve it not in a way that takes out another driver not in a way that i mean how, how do we see it? he's a bully <laughs> not in that format okay not in that format now i could put some blame on lewis yes i said this is pretty much both at fault which is why i saw that this should have been a racing incident lewis honestly should have been breaking beforehand i don't think he should have cut that far into the track as well after getting out of that after uh what is that line called uh, whatever after the race after the pit line <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what it's called blending line something i don't remember but i don't think he should have cut that far over especially knowing that verstappen was right there verstappen was basically what uh halfway um his front wheel was ahead of lewis's back wheel there you go <laughs> and i don't think that lewis should have cut over as far as he did i should uh, feel like he definitely should have left more space for sure and going into that second part of the chicane um yes everyone was expecting max to take that wide line of course and from there have to finish out that turn wide we were expecting that i'm sure lewis was as well but obviously lewis made the move accordingly he didn't want max to get that position he was like hey screw it i'm i'm i'm, I'm gonna push i'm not gonna back down here and sure enough, we see what, what two bulls running at each other do. 
I'm not even I'm not sure if I'm still if I still have the same train of thought that I had at the beginning of this. <laughs> but anyway, as I continue, as I continue, um, both out, you know, I could read the official statements um, from the what is it from the FIA? I do have the official statements. I think they're on my phone. Uh, yeah, the stewards heard from both drivers, uh, from the driver of the 33 and the driver of the 44 and team representatives. They reviewed the video evidence and determined that the driver of car 33 was predominantly to blame for the collision at turn two. Um, car 44 was exiting the pits. Car 33 was on the main straight after at the 50 meter board uh, before turn one. Car 44 was significantly ahead. Uh, let me just say Hamilton was significantly ahead of Max. Max brake late and started to move alongside Lewis. Uh, although at no point in the sequence does Max get any further forward than just behind the front wheel of car of uh, Lewis. Now, during the hearing, the driver of car 33 asserted that the cause of the incident was the driver uh, opening up the wheel after turn one and squeezing him to the apex of turn two. Um, then... And then Lewis said that attempt uh, that Max attempted to pass very late. Should have given up the corner either by backing off sooner or by turning left uh, behind the curb to take the runoff uh, area. Now the stewards observed the footage and they believe that, or they observed the footage and seen that Lewis was driving an avoiding line, although his position did cause Max to go onto the curb. Uh, but further, the stewards observed that Max was not at all alongside um, Lewis until significantly into the entry of turn one uh, in the opinion of the stewards this maneuver was attempted too late for the driver uh, of car 33 max um, to have the right to racing room now while lewis could have steered further from the curb to avoid the incident the stewards determined that his position was reasonable and therefore find that max was predominantly to blame for the incident like i say like i stated like i stated that's 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 pretty much the official FIA right there. But like I stated, Lewis did squeeze him. You can see that through the replays, through the footage, all that kind of stuff. Lewis did squeeze him. But I strongly believe that Max should have been mature in this. He should have been mature in this. You're up, what, three points? He should have been mature enough to understand. Yo, just fucking back out. Just back out of this one little instance and come back stronger in the next few turns it's not hard it's not hard yes you want the position yes you believe that you deserve the right to da, 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 whatever but just be a little bit more mature when it comes to certain certain spots like this and another issue with sausage curbs but we we're, we're gonna leave that for another discussion because <laughs> sausage curbs is kind of annoying if i'm being honest with you um and I don't even I don't even race in Formula One. I'm talking about just the game. <laughs> uh, but nah, nah, nah. Sausage curves is 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 sort of an issue as well because I I mean, but they do they do their job. You understand? They do their job um, of making sure that people don't just cut corners and exceed and exceed track limits and all that kind of stuff. They do their job. So I, I don't really have an issue with sausage curves. I just felt like that was funny that people were blaming the curb. Um, But as we go into it, Max, get a little bit more mature when you in those types of situations. You're a great driver. Good performance. Good, good all together. And I love the way that you drive. But you got to get just a little bit more mature in certain situations like that where you don't necessarily have that corner. I know fully well you knew you did not have that corner. 
just a little bit more mature on that end and you'll be all right you'll be out right. you're gonna get that championship hopefully throughout this hopefully throughout this season we we see you grow just a little bit and we see you like really you know get a little grasp as to how it goes you know now you got this penalty you don't want another one you know what i'm saying and really focus we want you to win we want you to have a championship yes lewis is seven all seven time world championship he's going for his eighth i would i personally would love to see it but i would also love to see you get your due be smart all right too many dnfs in the last couple of years what lewis has been in the, lewis has been racing for uh since 2006 So a long damn time <laughs> and you have been racing for seven years and you have more do not finishes due to crashes that says something about your antics about the way you drive that says something about your maturity in the sport sometimes just play a little passive be aggressive when you need to be be passive when you need to be but don't Put your race in jeopardy. That's all I got to say for that. But once again, props to uh, props to McLaren for their one, two. Danny Rick is back in the business, you know. And, and of course, you know, when he's on the podium, you got to take a shoey. Uh, well, Botas hasn't. If we I mean, if you go to the videos and stuff like that, you'll see Botas did not. He did not partake and uh, I believe in one of the after uh, one of the post race interviews, he was like, no. <laughs> I have never done it and I don't think I ever will. And Danny was like, I got you next time. <laughs> so hey, by all means, you know, I love to see the little the the great spirit and props to Danny, props to McLaren, props to Lando for doing such a good work. Uh for doing such good work, especially with defending against, you know, a legend behind you. Um and Botas, he did get third. Uh Sergio Perez unfortunately he should have gotten third but he was dropped back to fourth because of not fourth he was dropped back to fifth because of a five second penalty uh when he was battling with botas for position um i'm not necessarily sure if he deserved a five second penalty i don't really think he deserved a penalty at all i wasn't sure if he got that position or not i'm not sure that's even in my notes really Yeah, I'm not even sure if that was in my notes. Uh, it don't look like it was, but just the fact that he got that five second penalty, I'm not exactly. I believe he exceeded track limits in a fight or something. Got a position. I don't know what what it was. I don't know what it was exactly, but I know that it was during that fight with Botas for third, uh, going into turn four. Uh, he did run wide and he did end up on the runoff, but I think he came back out in top position i don't know what it was i don't i don't, I, don't I, I think he did come back out in a high position so i think he got an advantage from that i'm not sure but because of that because of that five second penalty uh valtteri he is he gets third on the podium um mclaren gets their one two and uh people are happy people are happy whatever now the sprint races this is what i just want to finish off with the sprint races now that we've seen the two that we're going to have for this season let's have a nice little overview conversation about them should there be more should there be less or should there be none let me know what you think in the comments let me know what you believe 
is 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 the right way for for Formula One to move forward with the sprint races. Me personally, like I said in one of my previous podcast videos, it is taking a higher risk at increased damage and making sure that it destroys someone's race. The reason I say that, Pierre, clear-cut evidence. Clear-cut evidence, Pierre. Good race, but took it out in the sprint qualifying, or good qualifying, took it out in the sprint qualifying race. And from that, when it rains and pours, horrible stuff for the actual race. This was one of the problems that I had brought up in one of those previous episodes. And I think that necessarily, hey, it's still it's still a good thing. It's still a good thing. It's still good to see some action, you know, on the weekend, on Saturday and all that kind of stuff. But stick with the format that you have. Stick with the old format. Don't really bother with the sprint qualifying races. And I feel as though sprint qualifying, eh, it's just you're making every driver do their first stint before the pit stops, and then just waving the red, well, waving the checkered flag. It's 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 just a little goofy. I don't believe that they should be there at all. Well, let me know what you think in the comment section below. Let me know how you feel. Um, and of course, toxic Twitter. All the people making these, you know, horrible comments, and all the people who do what they do. I'm closing up my book as of right now. Um, understand that people do have opinions understand that people are the way they are but you shouldn't have to put down another person in order to get your opinion across that's really all I have to say to that but this has been the Tyreek Waldron Motorsports Show uh, I was your host Tyreek Waldron if you enjoyed this podcast rate it 5 stars on whatever streaming platform that you're listening to and if you're on YouTube Give it a like, share with your peoples, you know, let's just have a nice little chat uh, for the future. I am a little bit back on schedule, thank goodness. So expect the episode next week. Props to all of y'all. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for tuning in and uh, peace. That is it for me. That is it for the show. I hope you all have a blessed day, blessed week, blessed afternoon, blessed night, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Stay blessed, stay up, have a good time.